Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Are you going to answer now? Was this some sort of power move on your part? <laughs> no, I was having a crisis in my bathroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear about it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Do I? I uh, have been growing a mustache out of boredom over the last couple of weeks, and um, I decided to clip this one long mustache hair that I did not want. So I gave it a little snip. It went straight up my nose. And then I thought, oh, that's weird. Where'd it go? I don't feel it. So I blew my nose and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's gone. Now suddenly it worked its way back down into my throat. It's just hanging there. Huh. And that's it. That was my bathroom crisis. Well, do you resolve that or is it still? No, it's still there. Okay. Oh, I was gagging and stuff. It's just disturbing. Good guy. Anyway, I recording this. Yeah, I am. Oh, thank God. I can feel it back there. How's your week been, Ben? Yeah, real good. Oh, that doesn't sound good. What's going on? Yeah, it's just just the same. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were kind of being sarcastic. Do you have a job still? Uh, Yeah, but I haven't had to do it, so that's nice. My uh, boss texted me on Wednesday to wish me a happy Memorial Day weekend. And there are no updates beyond that. Um, I was talking, texting with a coworker the following day just to kind of get a feel of what was going on in there. And she says that my boss is lobbying to get me back into the office soon because I guess she's getting sick of doing my job. Um, But I don't know. I haven't heard Mm. any official update of when I'll be called back in. But uh, I was slightly reassured that I will still have a job waiting for me at some point. Well, there so I was you go. starting to get a little anxious that it might turn into a permanent layoff, but yeah, right. that's going to be the case. So, so I'm going to continue to enjoy furlough for as long as I can. Okay. Have you been doing anything fun with your furlough in the last week? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pregnant pause. It's the well with a big sigh and then an angry no. That entire thing is worth making my ringtone. What uh why are you so upset about what happened? Nothing. Okay, so you may be getting bored of furlough now? No, no, not at all. I love it. I, furlough's going well. I think I'm just, I, my uh, tone sounds weird about furlough just because it's become a routine for me now. I'm, I'm just so used to it. I'm a little hmm. nervous about, I don't know if I remember how to work whenever I get called back into the office. That's going to be, it's going to be an adjustment. I've grown oh, quite accustomed to this, to sleeping in every day and just having all my time mm. to myself and I can do whatever I want and I've been enjoying it. So when I get back into the uh, the rigid corporate routine, I, I don't know how well that's going to go. It might be a violent and uncomfortable transition. <laughs> violent? And un- I mean, uncomfortable I get, but violent. <laughs> violent? Well, not like physically violent, just a, viol- a jarring transition. No, oh, I was just imagining like someone saying something just like mild uh, office politics uh, and then, like, you know, something stupid like, oh, Ben, I'm going to need you to work on that uh, PowerPoint presentation one more time. We, we need a few things sussed out. 
And you're like, like what? And they're like, well, we want to cat, we, we want to bullet point these things here. And you're like, God damn it! And you throw a ream of paper in the air. That's the kind of violence <laughs> I was expecting that you were going to do. Yeah, go fuck yourself, you Chris. Why don't you suss the, uh... that out, you piece of shit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, go read. You want to bullet point this? Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to go back home and masturbate like I've been doing for weeks before this. Well, yeah, I'd like to see what uh, Ben's animal instincts are going to be like once he gets into the, could you have, playing office politics with people and uh, having yeah, to. So I may, maybe violent is the best word. This is going to be a jarring transition. Oh, no, keep violent. Yeah, keep be... the violent in there. Let's keep the violent in there. Yeah, okay. So is that pretty much it for you? Nothing else exciting? Because I actually made a list of things okay. so I can remember what's going on in my week. I, You know, I've been doing that, but I, I forgot to do that this week. So, no, I think that's it. Um, oh, you I have? Think, I never knew that. You should have given me your tip because I have nothing to say whenever it comes my turn to talk oh. about my week. But this time I'm like, I got to have something to say. So I started making a list of really okay. small, mundane things. Well, I guess I thought I wasn't helping that much because I forgot to do it completely this week. But, um, let, yeah, go down your list. Let's hear your list. <laughs> uh, I got flies in my basement. Ben again like last year and uh flies in the kitchen and last summer and fall I would have up to like 20 to 30 flies a day that were inside my place and I would have to spend all my free time killing them when I came home from work and that kind of thing so that was disgusting and I kept trying to solve it myself and I couldn't and so um when I was having the trying to have someone take care of my mouse problem by putting, like, mouse poison outside and stuff. They said, well, if you got anything else, like, you know, bugs or flies or anything, uh, we can take care of that, too. And I go, you can? So I hired them. They came out the other day, and they sprayed God knows what noxious uh, chemicals. And um, all my flies are gone now. Ben. Oh. Wow. They're just dead all over the basement floor. I haven't seen anything flying around in the house. It's been oh, fantastic. Wait, they're, they're dead all over the basement floor. You're not going to sweep them up or anything? You're just going to leave the fly corpses on the floor? As a oh, reminder yeah. or what? Well, it's kind of like with uh, what I do with the mice. Like, whenever a new mouse comes in, I want them to see just an array of dead mice, different levels of decomposition uh, around the areas where they eat. So I do the same I, thing uh, with the flies. I gotta say, I'm glad we don't do this in person anymore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like they did in Rome, which uh, touches on something later. Uh, so that's been a thing, which is not really worth talking about, but I got and, nothing and else yet, to say. Here we are. Yep. Uh, oh, remember when I said I listened to the Flowers in the Attic episode because that woman had uh, commented on it or whatever? Yes. I realized when I was listening to it, I was like, hey, I pointed out something and I was right about it. But neither one of us went back to touch on it so that I could acknowledge and gloat about how well, I was why, right. Why don't we do that now? Yeah, let's do that now. Remember when uh, the mother who had brought the kids to the mansion, uh, which is crazy, sexy rich, uh, dad of hers um, she mentioned that she had two brothers and at the time I said yeah she just kind of tossed that in like one brother died from a skiing accident and, and whatever but uh, but apparently neither one of them are going to get in the way of her inheriting the, the wealth of the father's fortune and I said so that was just kind of tossed in and like bad writing like hey two brothers I'm just going to mention it really quick here in a paragraph and never touch on that again and then you said well maybe they'll Maybe in the next half of the book, it'll come around where like one of the brothers gets in the way of her chance. The brothers were never mentioned again, were they? Well, okay, let's let's slow down a little bit because there's still what eighteen books in that series or something. <laughs> there's still Do plenty you? of time for one of the brothers. Because what I thought they mentioned that they didn't find the 
they never found the body of the one that died in the skiing accident, isn't that right? Yeah. And how did the other one die? I totally forgot now at this point. He died in a motorcycle accident shortly after the first one died <laughs> in the skiing right. accident. That's right. Um, I don't yeah, think Lucy Andrews is thinking that far ahead. Like, oh, this is going to be a nine-book thing I'm writing right now. So I'm going to plant this seed about the brothers, and it's going to come to play later. I think, if anything, the, the man that took over her body of work and writing on her behalf probably figured that one out and probably used it. Oh, you think the man is the only one smart enough to figure that out? Yeah, the weird that's, guy that suddenly yeah. picked up her... I'm not trying to be sexist. Well, you Another sure thing. sounded sexist when you said, well, I don't think V.C. Andrews could have figured that out, but maybe the man did. <laughs> no, I was trying to put the stress on the man as it's so weird that some random guy, some man is now picking up her writing and writing in her voice and maybe has uh, sussed through all these little details because he's a super fan. All right, fine. I guess it sounded sexist. I didn't intend to it to be. Other thing? Yeah, Somebody complimented me good. on my lawn. Wow, you're really uh, fitting in there in suburbia, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I've never thought, uh, me being a, a creepy man, I spent all last summer trying to grow lawn where it was all dead, seeding it, so, watering yeah, it. So, that, yeah, that brings up my, my question here. So, did the person that complimented you on your lawn, did they know what it looked like before? It's a neighbor that's familiar with your lawn? I suppose so. It was an older okay, woman. Okay, so it doesn't take much to improve from the state that you got it. So it wasn't just some person, uh, a no, random passer, no. someone passing through the neighborhood and just said, wow, that's one hell of a lawn there. Well, they, so this is on a, a sliding scale. They they knew that your lawn looked like absolute shit before, and now it's improved. But it plays into my concerns, because last summer, when I'd be out there three times a day, especially in the evening when the sun's going down, and I'd be listening to, like, music or whatever and out there watering and stuff. And I'd think to myself, does anybody in this neighborhood know what I'm working with and appreciate my efforts? Well, that went on all summer and all fall. And oh, then, of course uh, they know. It's, it's the suburbs. That's all they do is they look I at know. everyone else's lawns and judge people. And I'd always, like, make fun of myself. Like, yeah, who sits out there in their front lawn watering? Like, I hope people appreciate what I'm doing. Like, nobody does that. I do because I'm an idiot. But this is uh, this is something. It actually came to fruition where I was out there watering yesterday and planting more seeds and stuff. And the woman walks by with her husband and says, hey, I just wanted to say you're doing a great job. I noticed last summer when I'd walk at night, I'd see you out there. And your lawn just looks lush and beautiful. She used the word lush <laughs> to describe wow. my lawn. Was she... Was hmm. she maybe coming on to you a little bit? Nah, her husband was there. Well, Though were they he both did, coming on to you? Her husband did seem a little... Uh, when? Kind of cucked. Flexible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sort of like a, I can't stop her. I She has to have what she wants, and I will sit back and allow her to have what she wants. It's, there was a little bit of that vibe playing. All right. But uh, he had a mustache, but I think mine looked better. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, she didn't comment on how lush your mustache looked. No, she didn't. But she because that's that's inappropriate for a first meeting. So the closest she can get is talking about how lush and full-bodied my lawn is. And so, uh, yeah, that was uh, there was that. And my last thing on my list, uh, I finally got together. Much like you, I got together with a friend, uh, my friend Corey, and uh, went over to his house where he I has, remember Corey. Yeah, good old Corey. Yeah, you met Corey. Corey. I have met Corey. Good guy. Well, one ridiculous thing about him is in his backyard, he doesn't have a pool. Like, the guy loves swimming. Even when I knew him in junior high, he was obsessed with, like, just wanting to be in water, bobbing up and down, and not even, like, doing laps or anything. He just wanted to be in water because it was relaxing for him. 
So he gets the house that he's in, and the first thing he does is sets up an above-ground, like, disposable pool, and has that, treats it like a real pool for years, and then finally invests in an actual real pool, but instead of it being the kind of pool you expect where you got to put chemicals in and, you know, shut it down in the winter and everything, he gets an all-natural pool. It's made to look like a pond. Yeah. I approve. Yeah, and it's like... Uh, balanced, where it has fish in it and certain reeds, and thanks to that and the waterfall that kind of happens, um, it allows it to balance itself out. You never have to use chemicals or anything to treat it. Um, and you can dive in it, too. It's weird. It looks like nice. a like a weird little pond, but it's deep enough where you can dive in and stuff. It's just crazy. Is the bottom of it, like, sand? Or is it, uh, like, a... Well, they put down, like, the plastic stuff to keep the water from leaking out, but yeah. they have they have big like rocks they're boulders or whatever they're just big big rocks down there because walking in it hurts and you fall over and it sucks but um it's also deep enough where you can dive head first if you want but it's kind of a tight area to do your diving so i totally don't trust it but anyways uh he loves it he's happy with it so he sat around his uh grotto and uh, uh had hamburgers and uh and even a couple beers so i got to have my first outing with him but his daughter from college has been living with them because she got, you know, kicked out of school, doing oh. her school online. Yeah. So she's been there. So she came out to hang out with us and stuff. And uh, I was telling her embarrassing stories about her dad uh, from when he was younger and everything. And um, then at some point I mentioned about the podcast because the podcast is literally all I have going on in my life. So I can't help it. I have to mention it. Where normally I make it a rule that I don't because podcasts are embarrassing. Uh, it's a good conversation starter. Why you should not be embarrassed. Nah, because no one ever says, oh, what, what is it? Maybe I can listen to it. Because nobody, podcasts are dorky. They're not cool. It's super embarrassing. So he, uh, his daughter is like, oh, what kind of books do you read? And I'm like, ah, we read whatever and whatever. And I'm like, we read Twilight. And she goes, oh, and she lit up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like it, though. I had nothing good to say about it. But she said, that's the reason why I love it. It's so horribly written. <clears throat> it's like watching a B movie. It's just bad. And so she actually found on TikTok... There's a whole subculture of people that point out where Stephanie Meyer has written the same phrase over and over throughout the entire book, and they make the TikTok videos where they keep pointing them out. So besides Grind, which somebody made a video about Grind. Yeah, like he, I'm not getting on TikTok, by the way. I'm not trying to. No, okay. I'm not going to either. No. Cool. Well, you made me take over the Instagram. If you're thinking no, I'm going to start a book no, no, voice no, no, TikTok, no. that's not happening. That's not ever going to. No. Uh, but my uh, my daughters are on TikTok, so I refuse to be a part of it, so don't worry. But um, there's just video after video of, besides Grind, there's um, Side is another one that is used way too much throughout the book. And they, like, make a count, and they read off every single one of them and stuff, and it just goes on and on. So there's a, it, it turns out, there's an entire backlash culture making that book surge in popularity again. So I thought that was interesting. All right, that's good. That means the book boys are relevant, as always. <laughs> Two middle-aged men are still relevant when it comes to young adult fiction. Yes. Well, that's it for my week. I have nothing okay. else. Anyway, you mentioned uh, your friend Corey and his pool. Um, yeah. You know who else has a pool? Ah, oh, shoot. Gretchen. Gretchen's got a pool? You're fucking right she has a pool. Why are we not doing book boy podcast poolside at Gretchen's house. Okay, don't give her any ideas, okay? Because there's <laughs> she, so she supplied some material, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Should I get into it? There's a lot to unpack here. What? Wait, so it's not just a tip? Like she's got a well, lot of there's to say a to tip. us? I, I have quite a bit of commentary to add to this. I, I don't know what the hell happened here. I don't know what Gretchen is thinking. Whoa. All right. Uh, let's just take a moment here to calm down. Okay. And go ahead. So let me let me set this up a little bit. Um, I think Gretchen has too much time on her hands. She, <laughs> um, as I've mentioned before, she's a uh, dental hygienist, mm-hmm. or she was. She uh, she quit. Uh, she doesn't want to go back she to quit. Oh, I didn't know yeah. she quit. I thought like she like I'm going to retire now or something. No, she out of anger. Why did she quit? Well, no, the office was closed because of the whole COVID thing, and then um, she said that she told him she didn't want to come back <clears throat> because of that. So. Oh, okay. Um, so she's not a dental hygienist now, and she's just uh, enjoying the semi-retired, unemployed lifestyle right now. So I think she has too much time on her hands because now, now she thinks she has like ideas for how we should be doing the show. Oh boy! Also, I don't know what you're doing with your cord right now, but as you're talking, your cord is moving around, and it sounds like you're chopping carrots. I. <laughs> Sorry. I love remote recording. <laughs> it's yeah i um i got a new headset oh you I, did you get like a yeah, professional one well no i just got a slightly i thought it was maybe better than the one that you gave me to use but i don't know apparently it has some issues i just wanted one that went over both ears that one you, you lent to me only goes over the one ear so. oh sure sure um, yeah, you, you yeah, want to be immersed in the full glenn experience you wanted both ears i understand that makes sense yeah too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know this cord. I've been struggling with it the whole time, so I apologize. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, she has opinions about the show. I want to hear that. Yeah, she she thinks she can just she has carte blanche to like change the structure of her segment or something. I don't know where she's oh, getting this. Oh, I'm not. I'm open to structure ideas on her segment because it's kind of loosey goosey. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, like, just let's. Keep Gretchen in Gretchen's place for now. Let's not. Uh, wow. Uh, Keep Gretchen in Gretchen's place. And I thought I sounded sexist earlier. Go on. <laughs> well, it, this isn't her show. It's book boys. Okay. It's not. <laughs> we, That's right. It's a show for boys. A show for men. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's still sexist. Go on. So I, I'm asking for like a gardening tip or whatever. And she just uh, she th- doesn't even ask. She just says she's expanding Gretchen's gardening corner into the uh, something that she's calling the backyard blast. So all <laughs> things backyard. This is awesome. Well, I'm big a for huge her. fan of what Gretchen's trying to do right now. She's expanding oh her God. segment. You're okay. Don't encourage it because I'm the one who has to talk to her. Okay, you just backyard uh, blast. That just sounds like summer fun right there. I think she's kind of oh. nailed something. I mean, I know you're against this, but so far she's winning me over. Go I'm on. not necessarily against it. I'm just against her just deciding this on her own. Like that she just she doesn't get to dictate the direction that we're taking here. Well, you also don't like an opinionated woman. I understand. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Gretchen's, Gretchen's just backyard blast. Can you imagine the music just- I could find for that? Well, maybe she should start her own podcast, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what she thinks she's doing here. I'm going to see if I can, Anyway, like... so she wants to talk about birds. You want to talk about birds? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> the Backyard Blast? The segment's on birds? Let's go in. Okay, now... And, and she's <laughs> trying to be all, all timely and topical now. So because we're in the, the COVID pandemic, she wants to talk about corvids, which, as we all know, is a family of birds that includes crows, ravens, Jays and magpies. 
I have never been so happy in my entire life. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you approve. Um, <laughs> crows are one of, if if not her favorite bird. No, and, they're and highly intelligent wants, animals. Yeah, yeah, that's why she likes them. And they're also assholes. Uh, she well, that comes with the sentience. The tidbit that crows have been known to chase squirrels into traffic so they get hit by the cars <laughs> and the crows can eat them. So that's the that's the uh, little bird that's insight. That's interesting as hell. That's it a is. really good segment. Okay. I'm not just trying to goad you here. Like, a backyard blast aside. And yeah. clearly the theme music I have got to think up for this segment. I'm wondering if, like, can I get, like, a... Can I legally use a guitar solo from, San, like, Santana uh, for her segment? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But... Just that information about crows have been known to send squirrels into oncoming traffic just for the fun of it. That's interesting as hell. It is interesting, but is this is this what we have Gretchen here for? I thought she was giving us kind of practical advice for living. If so your mom challenged adults that we are with very limited life skills, she was giving us tips for how to take care of her teeth, how to take care <laughs> of her plants. Now she's just giving us random trivia about birds that she likes. And what am I supposed to do with that? But that trivia is off the chain. It's balls out. It's chubby. It's a uh, it's cherry tits is what that trivia was right there. Crows get other animals to kill themselves because they just want to be entertained. All right, Gretchen, well done on being humans. balls out. I'm sure you're, you're glad to hear that Heck your yeah. tip is balls out. <clears throat> thank, you. thank you, Gretchen. Your mom, if, if we were to sit back and watch this show slowly evolve into an all-Gretchen show, um, where she's not even on it, it's just us reading the stuff that she demands that we format for the show, <laughs> I, would, I think I'd just be honored at that point to be a part of this, like... Uh, takeover that she's planning so you're envisioning a future where book boys does not involve books whatsoever just be gretchen boys after that it's like well here's another uh, segment <laughs> gretchen in the news <laughs> oh okay okay ba- okay you seriously have to slow down now because there's no gretchen boys it's boy i'm her boy you're not her boy i'm her boy i don't know i'm the only one supporting gretchen right now <laughs> i don't see her boy supporting her in this hostile move that she's doing. She's really sliding in with a power move, but it's a power move I fully support. Uh, the Crows Killing Squirrels uh, is the best thing Gretchen's ever produced. Thanks, Gretchen. Best thing you've ever done. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it. Balls out. Well done. Well, should we get into our books? Yeah, I guess I don't know where else to go from here, so we <laughs> may as well. Uh, all right, moving on. still there yeah i'm still here what what do you want i don't know well we're doing it over skype skype keeps crashing all the time what did you read this week wait no why don't you start i've started the last couple weeks oh mine is really boring um oh okay i can certainly talk about it but it's uh yeah maybe yours is better to end on with uh so mine i didn't know what to read and uh, falling back on my own, uh, my old love of Roman history, which is very nerdy and very boring, I decided to read Dying Every Day uh, by James Rom, which is Seneca at the Court of Nero. I don't really know how to talk about the book without just being really, really 
Yeah, boring. I'm already bored. <clears throat> yeah, um, but the one thing that made it interesting for me was, uh, and of course I loved it because it's all Roman history and it's just full of who became the emperor and are they valid because of their parents and their lineage and just blah, blah, blah. And I just love that stuff. Oh, it gets me wet. But uh, Seneca was a stoic philosopher, but he made a career out of it. So he's like known all over Rome for being a really famous stoic philosopher. So he's kind of like um, like Pat Robinson <laughs> for Christianity. Uh, he's just famous. Oh, okay. But a lot of his a lot of his stuff that he's written about stoicism is very cutesy and uh, just not really like in depth or gritty for what people really deal with in their lives. Instead, it's just cutesy stuff. Uh, and so it's just not very, it's, it's very watered down and he's just kind of like a commercial. So he winds up, um, he was exiled for a long, boring story involving a previous emperor, but uh, Agrippina, the mother of Nero brings him back because Nero is now going to be the emperor and he's very young. He's like 16 is because I need you to help teach him morals and whatever. And Agrippina is a very power hungry person. So she's trying to control her son. So she's very much controlling a Seneca and Seneca who already seemed kind of iffy as far as him being genuinely a, a real philosopher that wants to live by what he talks about. He becomes super corrupt and immediately starts making as much money as humanly possible. He loves being in the middle of all the politics and kind of influencing this kid emperor. Well, well, wait, that's that's not corrupt. We, as capitalists, have a moral obligation to make as much money as possible. That's how the system works. <laughs> that's, I suppose you're right. But that was the thing that was happening was as Seneca has kind of degraded his own personal philosophy – uh, more and more like he even starts doing stuff like uh, being a money lender back in those days because this was only 50 years after the death of Jesus <clears throat> so being a money lender back in those days was considered slimy like you're you're a bad slimy person it's like being a used car dealer or something like you're not trustworthy if you're a money lender um, and so he became a money lender and as they took over other you know they were controlling other places like Britain back you know Britannica back then and everything they uh he was lending money to these like people that they considered savages and stuff. And then he bleed them for all the interest. And he was just kind of an asshole and a jerk and didn't follow his own philosophy, but it all turned against him when Nero went completely nuts and, um, did a lot of embarrassing things like playing his, uh, he wanted to become an artist. So he would play his lute and have all these, like he had a song that was six hour. I never knew this six hour long song that everyone at the Rome, the Colosseum in Rome, they had to sit and listen to him play for six hours. And if anyone fell asleep, uh, his guards would, the Praetorian guards would like keep track of who's falling asleep and who's not applauding so that they could kill them or beat the shit out of them later kind of thing. So like this guy was just off the rails and Seneca had to sit and pretend like he supported all of it and everything. He tried to escape, uh, by retiring, but he was forced to come back, and uh, in the end, um, he ha was put in a position of having to kill himself because Nero was paranoid about people trying to plot against him. And so Seneca, you know, of course, rode this to the very, very end because he wanted his money. He actually had a place, a palace that was bigger than Nero's at one point, is how much money he was making. Um, and at one point, uh, finally Nero's like, you got to kill yourself because I think you conspired against me. So even then... He made his own wife commit suicide with him, <laughs> and then, like, but she wound up surviving. But then his death didn't work out the way he wanted because he was too much of a baby. Did, to, hmm? did she did she survive because she was clever and planned on surviving or? 
Well, how did she survive? What happened as far as what they were, so a lot of this is written. It's just like the Bible itself where it's like, especially the new Testament, you oh, don't the direct know, word of God. Okay. Yeah. You don't know what's true because it's like information handed down by word of mouth for the longest time. And then finally written down by somebody. And then it's like written again and written over and over again by like monks and stuff. So they keep changing up the wording and everything. It's kind of the same thing with this, uh, but Suetonus was a guy who wrote about all these different emperors and how corrupt they were and stuff. And so there's this information about Seneca in there. Apparently Seneca was too much of a baby to slit his own wrists for real. He was like too scared to put the knife in very far. So he put his wrist next to his wife's wrist and he was going to slice both wrists together. And it's kind of like she felt obligated, like she had to because he was telling her to. But he was—he didn't want to cut too deep because he was too scared. So he didn't cut very deep on her and didn't cut very deep on himself. So the bleeding was like slow and not really happening. Then he tried to drink poison, but he was too much of a baby to put a lot of poison in. <laughs> so he just kind of got sick and threw up a lot while he was bleeding. And then um, finally he just like put himself in a bathtub and, and you know, cut his wrist more and bled out. But his wife, since she got the light cut, she survived. And thankfully, you know, lived a life without this asshole of a man. And then that was pretty much the end of it. Uh, there was a juxtaposition of a different uh, uh, philosopher who was in the Senate, and he wouldn't stand for anything that was happening uh, with Nero. So he'd always storm out or protest in some way. And he basically, this guy was the guy who lived the life that Seneca should have lived based on the philosophy that they were touting. Um, and so when he was forced to commit suicide by Nero... He actually did it in, like, a badass way where he, like, split open his own stomach and everything like that. But then he, like, quoted something Seneca had said before he died and uh, basically making fun of him. So, basically, he was making fun of Seneca as he killed himself in a badass way. And that's it. I mean, even that's boring as hell. But that was my book. I don't know what else to read. I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah, How that about was you? boring. It's totally boring. Uh, well, I liked it. I read. Dork, uh, dork huh? for the history. Yeah. I, well, okay. did, you, did you enjoy it, though? I did enjoy it a lot. It was about 200 pages okay. and uh, it was, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone because they don't think that that shit's interesting. No one would. Are you, are you working these days? I don't remember. Are you back at work? Uh, yeah, this week I started work. Oh, okay. So that's why you're reading such I don't small read. books. Okay. Oh, well, well, well. <laughs> hey, I'm actually reading the books. I'm not just listening to an audio book. I'm like, nah, I got time. I'll sit and read oh. it. So All right. Hi, good for you. Read. Okay. I read The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna, Mm -hmm. a number one New York Times bestseller from 2018. It's a work of fiction. Uh, Highly highly praised. It was uh, another one of Oprah's picks. Washington Post said it was one of the 50 notable books of the year. Should I be diving into the Oprah Uh, picks? Like, I'm running out of books to read, but you're just falling back on Oprah. I would say no in this case. Uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I had some problems with this book. Oh, go on. So it uh, follows a family. The book opens in 1974. It follows the Albright family. Um, the main protagonist is Lenora Albright. She's a 13-year-old girl, pretty pretty normal teenage girl. And mm-hmm. her parents, Coraline, or Cora for short, Cora okay. had uh, Lenora quite young uh, when she was about 17 so she's about 30 years old as we open the book and okay. uh, Lenora she goes by Lenny for short so I'm going to be referring to her as Lenny uh, her mom Cora and uh, her dad Cora's husband Ernt E-R-N-T <laughs> Ernt Albright 
I'm uh, already is, starting to get annoyed, and I know nothing about this book so far. <laughs> yeah, so Ernt is a Coralenian Ernt. Yeah, Ernt is a little bit older than Corey. He's about eight years older. Uh, he's also a Vietnam War vet. Mm-hmm. And when he was in Vietnam, his helicopter got shot down, and he was a POW for six years. Oh, boy. Um, and he uh, it changed him, I think. He, he was not... Uh, not a healthy man when he returned from the war. He was dealing with some PTSD and not dealing with it well. And he's a okay. alcoholic, physically abusive to, towards Cora. Okay, um, this is gonna be a painful book to read. It, uh, you know, it was it was all right at first. So the 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 setup is that it's 1974. Like I said, he's back from the war. Uh, the all rights are always short on money. Ernst can't seem to hold down a job very well, and. Then they get a letter in the mail saying that one of Ernst's, um, one of his buddies from the war, the guy, the guy died during the war, but he got a letter from this fellow's dad saying that my, my son really liked you and he left you some land here in Alaska, right next mm-hmm. to my land. So there's a cabin on there. So uh, this is free land. Why don't you come move up there? So so that's what happens. The, the Albrights move to Alaska. They, they pack up the Volkswagen bus and, and make the change. And, uh, oh. So they get to Alaska, and Alaska's it's it's a harsh place. They're uh, they they get there before winter, but winter is long and dark and harsh. And mm-hmm. if you're a man like Ernt struggling with personal demons, it, it doesn't help <clears throat> darkness sure. for so long. Uh, so it just it unfolds. Uh, Ernt does not make many friends in this small town in Alaska that they're in, and he is like I said, physically abusive towards Cora mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, so it is there, was, I'm imagining there's like long chapters of the abuse scenarios. They just must be painful and horrible to read. That's why yeah, I'm cringing. It was painful to read though because it was I don't know, Ernst to me seemed like a it was almost like cartoonish character, just how he I don't know, dealing with such heavy topics and it was just I don't know, it felt clumsily written written to me and he was just yeah, just this caricature, this cartoon figure of uh, PTSD suffering. Oh, vet. really? So the writing yes. itself was bad. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought so. Yeah, I just I didn't think the characters were very well written. And then towards the end of the book, it just turned into soap opera for me, and it was. Oh, okay. I was glad to be done with it. Um, <laughs> Did you so, toss yeah, the, the book away when you finished the last chapter? Uh, not quite. <laughs> but it was just. Like I said, it opened in 1974, and then there are three sections of the book. So the middle section was jumped ahead four years to 1978. So Lenny is uh, 17 or 18 years old there, and she mm-hmm. falls in love with the only other boy in town that's her age. And mm-hmm. this boy's dad is one of Ernst's big enemies in town, so he doesn't approve <laughs> at all. They oh. try to run him. Oh, it's more soap opery though. It's like a they Romeo to... and Juliet, except set in an Arctic country. Yeah, then they, they try to run away and like Lenny falls down a cliff and the boy tries to rescue her and he falls down too and he's like in a coma. What the hell? And while he's in the coma, a month or two later, Lenny finds out that she's pregnant with his child and when he oh hurt, finds this out, he's he is he hits Lenny for the first time ever and then Cora kills Ernt. He, she shoots him, and then they have to like go hide the body. They have to dispose of the body in a okay, lake. Yeah, yeah it, just, it got kind but of. I can see why it's just getting more and more absurd. Okay, they, had to, <laughs> they had to like change their identities and run back to Seattle, and 
it, it was just ridiculous. And then the book ends in uh, 1986. So uh, Lenny's in her mid 20s now, and she has a seven year old child that she had with this uh, her boyfriend who's in a coma. And Still? Does he well, ever come out of the coma? They shook hands? You couldn't keep in touch with them because they're on the run from the law and they change their identities and whatnot. So, But at the end, she finally does return to Alaska and uh, the cop tricks her into confessing to hiding her dad's body. So there's like this brief courtroom scene where she's being arraigned. Mm-hmm. But the guy, the her boyfriend's dad was like a well-connected, like the rich guy in town. So he just like called the governor and told him to shut down this arraignment and let her go free and then she goes back to the the house where the, her boyfriend does and it turns out he's not in a coma anymore but he's like severely brain damaged but he's yeah what so then uh, do they end up together I don't understand how does this end yeah, yeah happily ever after with his brain damage he's, he's brain damaged but he can still he can communicate he's learned how to speak and read and write again um and he's, he's taken up painting as a hobby and he, apparently he's pretty good at it but he he has trouble forming sentences and communicating his thoughts because of the brain damage and he uh he can walk kind of but he has to use a wheelchair also sometimes and he's yeah but but yeah they communicate they're, his love to her through his art well he can speak also he just can't always speak well all right fine it, yeah it, it was just it like it's the last 200 pages just turned into a soap opera for me. And it was like, <laughs> it was like really there's a, yeah. And here last week I was making fun of the book as just being only about the trip to Alaska with no other, you know, high points or low points, just like having to stop and get gas. Boy, am I as tired of Snickers bars from the gas stations every five miles, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, it turned out to be much, much worse. So, okay. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was cheesy. The, characters were not <laughs> well written I didn't think the plot was ridiculous so there were some nice things in there they had a you know Cora and Lenny had a nice mother daughter bond I guess and there were some nice descriptions of Alaska the landscape and the no the that doesn't really make a book stuff. no it, it does not I, I would not it's not one I'm gonna read again <laughs> well alright let's move on to our wrap up Well, Ben, I guess I kind of know what your opinions are on your book. Uh, yep. you got anything overall you want to say about it? Don't Apparently read it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I don't think so. And I'm not going to be reading any more of this author's work either, I don't think so. She's a best-selling author, though. She's written a lot of uh, very popular novels, I guess. And I heard this one was supposed to be good, and uh, I disagree. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the trap of Oprah books is... Uh, not that all Oprah books recommendations are going to be bad. But, just to um, be clear, I'm not basing my picks on the fact that they're Oprah picks. I'm finding this out after the fact when I, when I get a book that I had on my to-read list because it was well-reviewed or whatever. I saw a promising review about it. And then once I actually get the book, I see on the back cover that it's an Oprah pick. So well, just to be just clear. It's interesting that you're drawn to Oprah books subconsciously somehow. You just know what Oprah likes and you're drawn to it. And that's fine. You don't have to be embarrassed about that, Ben. Are you embarrassed? I'm not embarrassed. I just want to be clear that that's not one of my criteria for picking books. So, 
Yeah, my book, uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but I enjoyed it thoroughly, only because a lot like masturbation, it's something very specific to me. I enjoyed it. I'm done with well, it. Okay, wait, I'll wait. find something similar. <laughs> masturbation isn't anything specific to you. What uh, everyone does that. Well, you think you're special because you jerk off? Oh, do you want to see the? Do you want me to recommend the porn I watch to you? Oh, no. you do it very in a very specific manner. Okay, I thought yeah. you thought that you were somehow special because you. Oh no, not so okay. special because I masturbate. Though I think well, I'm pretty good Well, you said it was unique it. to you, masturbation. Like, well, that's not no. It's uh, pretty I, I, maybe I, I misspoke. I meant the material used to masturbate uh, is specific to me, or my wants and needs. But I think if you and I were in a masturbation contest, I think I'd do pretty good. I think you'd be surprised. I. <laughs> I wonder now that I'm saying that, what would be the criteria for a masturbation contest? It'd be like know. maybe like length of time spent, or maybe it's good that you spend very little time. I don't know uh, how aggressive it is. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the criteria would be. But in either case, yeah, maybe be maybe in. let's not do this contest then. <laughs> As if you were open to it at one point in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe let's not do this. Well, then that sounds good. Are we reading um, the Ghostbusters novella or novelization? Is that uh, happening next? Not, no, not yet. Oh, God damn it. I'm what? running out of stuff to read. I didn't get it in time, so I've got to... I'm reading The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Oh, for cripes sakes. <laughs> and you got to find something. <laughs> and then after that, we'll do Ghostbusters, because I'll have, I'll have that in hand by then. Did you just call it Gustbusters? No, I said Ghostbusters. Okay, well, that's not what I heard. All right, fine. So I got to find one more book. Why don't you read the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle with me? No, I don't want to. What's it about? Well, I, why should I even tell you? You already turned off the idea. Why, why would I bother telling you at this point? Uh, it, just, it sounds like it's uh, going to be a, a human drama again. Is this another Oprah pick? No, I don't see her name anywhere on this. <laughs> Are you sure? Have you researched it? No, this one, I've started it. I'm about 150 pages into it, and I'm liking it so far. Um, Well, I'll tell you what. Harper's Bazaar says, Pop your favorite Agatha Christie whodunit into a blender with a scoop of Downton Abbey, a dash of Quantum Leap, and a liberal sprinkling of Groundhog Day, and you'll get this unique murder mystery. (laughs) I am totally not interested. (laughs) Uh, No? Oh, it's like kind of, it's weird. It's uh, There's some supernatural stuff going on here. There's, uh, I'm liking it. The hell am I going to read next? You know what I might do? I might just say fuck you and read a Babysitter's Club book. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do. <laughs> like, Ben, Jenny hates Bethany. Can't stand how she's taking all that babysitter money away from her own business. I, I'm gonna have a, uh, Maybe I'll do that. Yes, I think you should. That's what I'm going to do. Or maybe I'll read the Choose Your Own Adventure. I'm ready to snap like a twig. Um, I think the quarantine is making me fussy. And then I also think so. reading your own books were, that we don't and, talk about together is making me okay, fuss. Let, and now suddenly I'm say, back in your mom. Oh, I'm back in your mom. She's, okay, uh, let's back up. I don't think the quarantine is making you fussy. I think it's making you fussier. You were fussy to begin with. Nah, well, you're fussy to begin with. You're a giant fuss. You're a big old fuss. And that's why we get along so well. We both are. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. On that note, uh, you got anything else you want to say, Ben? You going to scream something? I don't it's the uh, middle of the day. This is a great time to scream what you want to scream, and your neighbors can't get upset about it. I, I'm just, I'm not feeling that yet. I don't know. I, I i might have to save it for when we're back in person. Is that ever going to happen? Like, what's. Well, what it's we your call. Um, <laughs> you know what I could do? Uh, I could set up 
some sort of window between us. <laughs> Plexiglass. Yeah, like when we go to Target. I, I could seriously, like, I could go to the hardware store that's in my neighborhood and uh, I could go buy some plexiglass and I could hang it, suspend it from the ceiling so that it's between us. <laughs> no, I want a completely enclosed, clear structure. To, I, I want a bubble. Oh, Lord. That's going to be real tough. <laughs> no, I mean, let's keep doing it over Skype. But uh, Fine. I'm, I'm looking forward to when we can do this in person again. and then. I know. I miss you, too, Ben. I miss your sweet face. I miss your broad chest. And uh, I miss those eyes, those glistening, excitable little eyes of yours. And I miss watching you visibly cringe when I shout book boys. (laughs) It's not the same when I'm shouting it over Skype. All right, fine. So you're not going to shout it. Well, with that, thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week.